Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Are you caring for an aging parent? Are you searching for answers? Welcome to Senior Care Live, a program dedicated to you providing information, education, and resources, helping you become the best caregiver you can be. I'm your host, Steve Keeker. Hello and welcome to Senior Care Live. Thanks for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. This program is all about educating seniors and their caregivers, helping them make informed decisions. And it's a great place to listen and learn. There's so many people who consider Senior Care Live appointment radio, and I hope you will too. As always, if you have a question, you can visit online at Senior Care Live, L I V E, SeniorCareLive.com, or you can call 1 800 331 6445. All right, we have an excellent program for you here today. would like to introduce my friend and guest uh, in studio, Mr. David Wiley. He's president and CEO of Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care. And David, welcome back to Senior Care Live. And Happy New Year to you as well. Uh, did you have a good uh, Christmas and uh, New Year celebration? Absolutely. And uh, it was pretty uneventful, which is just perfect. So yeah, good shape. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same here. Uh, uneventful. That That's the perfect word. And that's just how I like it. So. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me, these days, me too. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. And uh, so we're all just looking optimistically ahead to the new year like we do every year as, as we turn that yeah. page. Uh, so uh, 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 for our audience, uh, David's here to visit with us about some ways people who are caring for a family member can do just that look optimistically ahead uh, to this new year so david do you have any advice for caregivers or maybe things that may be helpful to them you know steve i'd love to talk about this i I think that uh being a caregiver is one of the hardest jobs and um you know i think a a good thing to do is to set goals for the new year uh, both in terms of caring for your family member and caring for yourself you know, some ideas uh, for being a caregiver, um, you know, I think gathering information about uh, the diagnosis of the person that you're caring for, um, always look into some care options and community resources, uh, make a list of those that are in your circle that can share caregiving duties, um, always have a written schedule uh, to organize appointments um, it's always great to have a plan for daily tasks like meals, personal care, medications, and then divide up the household chores. And it's always, always okay to ask for help uh, with things like cleaning and laundry. And I think when people say, is there anything I can do, having a short list ready to give them is such a smart idea. Um, in terms of ideas for yourself, I think reminding yourself of your own hobbies, the things that you like to do, maybe like reading or crafting or even watching TV, make some time for mindfulness, whether that's uh, journaling or gratitude practice or mediation. Um, uh, Schedule time for yourself, whether it's a simple bath 
uh, or maybe one day take a you know one day off uh, a, a week or hopefully um, you know more frequently. But uh, sometimes that's all you can do. Uh, but just to leave the house and to do something for yourself to enjoy, uh, spend time with others that's not caregiver related. So could be renting a movie or maybe a virtual happy hour these days. Uh, Take care of your own health is so important. So stay active and, and walk, uh, make your own plan for medical appointments uh, now and later for the year. And then think ahead to the future. And it, it's absolutely okay to dream, uh, possibly of a, of a family gathering, or maybe, you know, of course, when it's safe or um, a short trip, maybe uh, later in the year. All right. Excellent. Excellent points. And, you know, everyone is struggling in different ways with this prolonged uh, ongoing pandemic. And, you know, off mic, we were talking about how many people are 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 catching this this new variant of COVID-19. That's actually pretty horrifying. Some of the numbers I'm hearing. But, uh, you know, especially for the especially for those caring for a family member who's living with them. Do you have any other ideas of getting out of the house safely to take a break? You know, Steve, um, I think for me and uh, some suggestions, just going on on a drive um maybe listening to some maybe listening to music um i personally like to drive right now in silence (laughs) it actually is uh, refreshing to me um or maybe listen to a favorite podcast uh, that can always give you a, a break and make you feel refreshed um I'd recommend, you know, plan for it or, or schedule and enlist help so you can give yourself the, um, you know, whatever time that you're taking away uh, fully so that you're not feeling uh, worrisome or guilty or feeling rushed. Um, you know, things may look may, may look different, uh, not as much or as frequent uh, for your own activities, but that doesn't mean it has to go to way, away altogether. You know, even an hour once a month or a few minutes a day can really be meaningful. So I also think it's important to practice self-compassion. Be kind to yourself uh, is really important. It's a foundation for self-care. Give yourself credit for the tough, complex work of being a caregiver. Um, Step away from any self-critical or harsh inner voices and really just allow yourself time to take care of yourself. I love all of this information, and this is critical, especially at this time of the year. Uh, you know, and there are many of us who are also thinking about ways that we could be more productive and, and frankly, you know, more healthy and find new ways to take better care of ourselves. And that could be difficult for someone caring for an ill or an aging family member. Uh, do you have any insight or advice into how listeners in this situation can make time for themselves? You know, I think um, it's just good to acknowledge that uh, it's very important and it's often overlooked um, when you're a caregiver. So the importance of self-care um, really is is the goal is to avoid caregiver burnout. You want to stay uh, physically and mentally healthy um, and being able to be, you know, be with and enjoy your time with your loved ones. So over time, you know, caregiving can be very stressful. Um, like we said, lead, leads to burnout. Uh, it's marked by uh, irritability, fatigue, problems with sleep or maybe weight gain, um, feelings of hopelessness um, and helplessness, and even some social isolation. So it's not only makes it difficult to continue to devote yourself to your loved one, but it can cause even more stress as you might begin to question your own ability 
or feel guilty that you can't uh, do this anymore. So, you know, I encourage people to um, ask for help uh, if, if you're caring for someone uh, on your own, but feel that it's becoming too much um, or see their needs changing. Just I encourage you to reach out to a provider and learn what services uh, are available. You know, here where, where I work at Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care, we have an information and intake department. They're a wealth of information that people can call us, frankly, 24-7, and that can actually, uh, we can get back to them, um, or the team during the day and uh, during the weekend can help. If your loved one is already receiving hospice or home care services, or if you have questions or concerns, you can reach out at any time. Again, we have after hours, weekend and evening teams ready to assist um, folks. And I also recommend that you speak with your physician. If you're experiencing any type of physical distress or if the emotional exhaustion begins to feel like it's just too much. So make time to take a break um, from caregiving duties like we talked about. Hospice does offer ways caregivers can do this guilt-free. Um, at Kansas City Hospice, we, we typically have more than 300 volunteers. Um, who help in a lot of different ways, and they can sit with a the patient, they can make sure that they're not alone, giving them um, the caregiver reassurance that they might need to take a break and sometimes for themselves. Um, and another important program, uh, we have a, a hospice respite program, which offers patients a short in inpatient stay at uh, either our Kansas City Hospice House or at another long-term care facility. And this ensures patients continue to receive that specialized care that they need while giving their family and caregivers a much needed rest and respite. And you talk about having confidence in in them receiving care, you know, go to one of these one of these uh, uh, facilities and the caregiver gets a total break. That's an excellent excellent idea. And David, that's part of the hospice benefit, is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's totally part of uh, what we do, and that's that's the whole objective. Yep. All right. Perfect. Perfect. So, uh, Kansas City Hospice provides expert hospice and palliative home care, but you also offer support to family and caregivers. So, can you tell us more about that? You know, Steve, it's a really good point, and and we do Kansas City Hospice. We support the whole family during the end of life journey. The role of the caregiver or um, typically a family member, it's very important, but it's also demanding uh, physically, emotionally, and financially, particularly for a caregiver who has taken on the role in a home setting. So part of the giving the highest quality, compassionate care to patients is making sure that caregivers have the information that they need to make informed decisions and are able to connect with all available resources to help them meet their family's needs. Okay. All right. That sounds excellent. And uh, just a couple of things you mentioned earlier that just really uh, uh, yeah. caught my caught my ear is uh, you talked about you know, gathering information about your loved one's diagnosis. I think information is 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 knowledge. Knowledge is power. And and I think that helps you feel like you have a little bit of control and understanding. And then it's okay to ask for help, especially for the guys. Sometimes we kind of feel like we're Superman. And hey, we've got this. But guess what, guys? It's okay to and and it's okay for everyone to ask for help. Uh, schedule time for yourself. Make time to spend with others. Uh, you know, take care of your own health. Uh, all of those are just just incredible, incredible points. And I really appreciate you sharing those. Uh, so, David, uh, we'll uh, we'll visit more coming up next. But first, the senior care live question of the week. 
Feelings of stress or inadequacy are clear indications that family caregiving is not for you. Is that statement true or false? The answer coming up next. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll-free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, visit SeniorCareLive.com. And you can stream this program to any electronic device at SeniorCareLive.com and through the app Odyssey.com. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. How about that? All right, back to the Senior Care Live question of the week. Feelings of stress or inadequacy are clear indications that family caregiving is not for you. Is that statement true or false? And the answer is false. The answer is false. And David, that's a little counterintuitive. So why is that false? It is, Steve, you know, but in fact, feeling like you aren't up to the challenge is often a clear signal that you not only understand the commitment you're making to your loved one, but that you're an exceptional caregiver. So it is false. Absolutely. And and I, I totally agree with that. We're here today with Mr. David Wiley. He's president and CEO of Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care. If you'd like to reach out to the great folks at Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care, here's the phone number 816-363-2600. Or you could also visit it a fantastic website, kchospice.org. Okay, so David, so what types of services or support does Kansas City Hospice offer to support families and caregivers? You know, Steve, as part of our offering, we provide a multidisciplinary care approach, which is a team of experts in all areas of end of life and advanced illness care. Um, And we provide resources when symptoms are changing, when pain increases, Uh, mobility or function in the home changes, those types of things. We employ terrific social workers um, on our care teams who work with each family on their very individual needs. And our social workers also help families complete the necessary paperwork, including healthcare benefit applications, uh, and educate and connect people in need to community resources, including those that um, our company offers. Okay, so you have your own programs aside from the care that the nurses and therapists and aides and others provide? Yes, absolutely. Um, You know, one of the program that's really grown over the past um, two years, and it's exciting to talk about, um, is called the B. Haley Fund. And B. was uh, the former director of development for Kansas City Hospice and had such a passion for taking care of our families. Um, But this fund provides financial assistance for patients and families who are struggling with things like food insecurity or the ability to pay their rent or mortgage or utility bills. Uh, We added medical and personal care expenses. Well, actually, when those are added to an, an additional burden, caregivers often struggle to budget for things 
many of us would view as very simple, like soap, bath towels, and other personal hygiene items, um, or household goods, uh, such as cleaning supplies. So many families have been forced into a very difficult financial situation due to the pandemic uh, with um, job-related loss or inability to work outside the home because it poses too much of a health risk to their medically fragile loved ones. So our donors who are amazing have really stepped up over the last two years to help us meet this growing demand and need. A terrific example that's just perfect, I think, to, to launch the year is that we just wrapped up our holiday adoption program, which gives families a little extra support during this very meaningful time of year. The community, including our own staff and our board of directors, they come together to give families um, in need everything from extra diapers and grocery cards to gifts for their children, new household items like curtains and sheets and, and gift cards, special wish, wish list items. And they really uh, it treat, you know, to the caregivers also. It really goes a long way to relieve some of the pressure and give people a little peace of mind and happiness around the holidays. Um, in fact, 20 delivery volunteers and more than 100 donors brought joy to 65 families this holiday season. That is phenomenal. Congratulations and thanks to all of those who contributed to that. And uh, that's, that's, uh, I, I love that. I, I just, I, I know you have a, a lot of efforts and a lot of programs that reach a lot of people. I just love that. So, uh, you know, we just spoke about how uh, Kansas City Hospice Social Workers can help connect families to, some, you know, various resources. Uh, are there any other services available that help both the patient and their family members? Yes, Steve. You know, we all know how significant the time at the end of someone's life is. And I think both patients and families seek ways that they can make this time meaningful and peaceful. The memories made during this time are also so precious, and they really carry people through their grieving and, frankly, the rest of their own lives. Our hospice staff work really hard to give each family opportunities to do this. For example, our chaplain team um, they host recognition ceremonies for veterans. And these ceremonies give families a way to honor someone's service and sacrifice and often are an important step in the patient's ability to resolve emotions connected to their service and share stories from that time in their life. Our volunteers, they provide respite to caregivers, as we mentioned before. They also make memory items like quilts and pillows, they record life stories with audio or video recordings. And those who provide an extended presence um, in the last 24 to 48 hours, um, these volunteers provide support by um, listening to a family member reminisce or just being there as a caring presence. You know, connecting people to their past and helping them share their memories before they die is a big part of what we do in hospice. In addition to non-denominational chaplains who carry boat work with both patients and family members, we have expressive therapists who help people connect through both art and music therapy. Now, th that's interesting. And, you know, most people wouldn't immediately think of art and music being a part of hospice or healthcare. Absolutely. And this isn't required by Medicare. This is something that we do that's extra special, I think, at Kansas City Hospice. And we hear that a lot, Steve. You know, listening to a favorite song can really connect someone to their past or allow them to open up emotionally. And I think we all have felt that that way, you know, when we listen to music. We, we feel its emotion and its, ther its therapeutic efforts. 
Music and art help people communicate or express themselves when talking about things, um, especially when things are difficult. Um, and they often help family members connect uh, to each other. This may be the very first time that family members have acted in a caregiving role like this, and it can often be an adjustment for them as well as for the patient. Often the role requires a shift in family member dynamics in which the child is now taking care of the role of the parent or taking the role of the parent, which can really be stressful for both the child and the parent. And David, so, David, yeah. I, I hate to interrupt you. None no, of no. us, none of us are prepared for that. <laughs> there, right. there, there isn't, uh, you know, you do that role reversal and wow, that's some, that's some new territory right there. <laughs> 100%. I totally agree with you. It's hard, but uh, you know, this music and art therapy, that's just one way. Um, hospice, you know, it's absolutely about providing comfort and compassionate care to the patient but it doesn't really stop there. It's about ensuring that the caregiver and um, other close family members have the support they need to do the very best that they can do for their loved one. All right, excellent. So if this is resonating with you, if you would like more information, you want to find out if some of the programs uh, could help you and your family and your circle of caregivers, reach out to David and the excellent team at Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care, 816-363-2600. That's 816-363-2600 or online at KC Hospice. Dot org. And David, could you uh, hang on with me uh, just a few more minutes into the into the next break? Sure, Steve, would be happy to. All right. We'll have more coming up next. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, visit SeniorCareLive.com. And don't forget to check out our podcast of all of the recent episodes at SeniorCareLive.com and wherever you get your podcasts. We're speaking today with Mr. David Wiley, President and CEO of Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care. And if you'd like to reach out to David and the great team at KC Hospice, here's the phone number, 816-363-2600. You could also visit online at kchospice.org. And David, thanks so much for uh, staying over a little bit with, uh, extra f- with us today. I really appreciate that. Of course. Glad to be here. All right. So uh, can you give us some examples of other things your staff find people need while they're caring for a family member? Sure. You know, first, Steve, I think um, information is a good one. Um, you know, this is something that our staff can help with. Sometimes, you know, a, a new diagnosis um, can be overwhelming and symptoms can change rapidly with an advanced disease or at the end of life. Hospice and palliative care staff are highly trained and specialized experts, and they can help caregivers learn about a loved one's illness and prognosis. Caregivers have shared that being informed helps them feel confident their family member is getting the best care and is free from pain and also taking some of the the burden and worry off of their shoulders. Another thing is reassurance. 
you know, symptoms are normal and the team is there to adjust the care plan throughout the journey. So feeling overwhelmed or confused, sad, exhausted, even angry, it's all normal for caregivers. Our chaplains, our social workers, nurses, and volunteers are there to help with this and can provide referrals to resources, um, respite, like we talked about before, or maybe some mental health support. You know, caregiving can feel very isolating, but you're not alone. <clears throat> and it's important to understand that caregiving is difficult. And these challenges are completely normal. As a caregiver of someone experiencing a serious or life-limiting illness in particular, you're working to meet the physical and emotional needs of your loved one while also coping with your own feelings about the increased frailty and potential loss of someone that you love very much. And finally, the team provides reminders. You know, it's okay to, to take a break and to ask for help, and it's okay to take time for yourself. Often, people need someone to reach out to and offer help or, or give these reminders. Reminders. So our team encourages you to do that. If you know someone who's a caregiver or someone who might be sharing um, caregiving duties with, like maybe a sibling or a spouse. And remember, while much of your time and effort is devoted to ensuring your loved one's nutritional, physical, and other needs are met, don't forget to give yourself the same consideration. Take time to ensure that you are eating on a regular uh, basis, balanced meals, getting enough sleep, including a short walk, um, maybe a, a good stretch, uh, and other physical activity to, uh, to in incorporate that into your day. And now, at the beginning of the year, is always a great time to reset, plan for the year, set some goals as a caregiver, uh, don't forget for yourself, and as the person caring for someone, just like we do for so many things in our lives at this type of year. But remember, uh, you can do this at any time. If you're feeling overwhelmed or uncertain, it's always okay just to step back. And and I love the idea of a reset. And again, here we are at the beginning of the year, uh, and this is kind of a natural, you know, annual time for a reset. This is the perfect time to do that. So, uh, you know, this is just all such just wonderful and very helpful information as we head into the new year. And think about ways that we can take time to care for ourselves even when facing challenges like being a caregiver for someone that you love so much, even at the end of life, uh, this is all super, super important. David, uh, thank you so much. Uh, I, I, can't, I can't say thanks enough. Uh, it was just excellent information, and I appreciate you being here today. You're very welcome, Steve. Uh, happy to do it, and uh, thanks for having me today. All right, and uh, again, Happy New Year to you and yours. Thanks, you too. Okay, take care. I just want to say thanks again to my friend, David Wiley. He is just so wonderful, full of information, just fantastic. And I'm really glad that he wanted to touch on this subject today. You know, it's a new year. It's a reset. And, you know, what if you are a caregiver? And what if you're caring for someone with a terminal illness or life-limiting illness? So, uh, you know, is it possible for you to do that? And, and, and it is. And some of the ways that you can care for yourself and be the best caregiver that you can be and, and he, I just made a few highlights here of some of the things that he mentioned. Gather information about the diagnosis. So if you understand what's going on, then you feel like you can participate and you can kind of anticipate things you know that may happen here in the future. But you certainly just have a better understanding. And that just helps a bunch. Uh, when he mentioned it's okay to ask for help, uh, I just, uh, you know, 
I about jumped out of my chair. I'm like, yes, yes, that's true. It's so true. Ask for help. Don't let your pride get in the way of of asking for help. Oh, oh, I've got this covered. It's okay to ask for help. In fact, I would say, please, please ask for help. You're going to need some help. You can't do this whole thing alone. Put your pride in your back pocket and reach out and ask for help. There are lots and lots of people who want to help you. Just let them. And maybe the first thing to do is to ask them for help. Schedule time for yourself. This is, I think this is huge. Uh, how many times have I talked about on the program the heroic caregiver and we put all of our needs on the back burner and we're pouring everything we have into caring for this person that we love so much. And that would include, you know, giving up time for ourselves and time that we might spend with others just to get a break and giving up our own doctor's appointments and dental appointments and eye checkups and all of those sort of things. You cannot do that. And remember, you know, one of the examples that I give all the time is when we get on the, the flight heading to wherever we're heading and they're taxiing out, what do they always say? In the event of turbulence, if your oxygen mask fall from the compartment above, you put your mask on first. And why is that? You take care of yourself first so that you are able to care for those around you. So that's what we're doing by scheduling time for ourselves, by asking for help, making a little bit of time to spend with others, just getting a break, taking care of your own health. Super, super important. Even an hour a week, an hour a month, maybe just a few minutes a day, just go for a walk around the block. You would be stunned how much that will help you just to get a break and to kind of recharge your battery. And then give yourself credit. He talked about that. Guess what? Our brain is wired to believe whatever we tell it. Did you know that? And that's not anything that we're going to change. This is how God wired us, right? Our brain is an amazing thing. So if you feed it negative thoughts, it's going to believe that. It's going to believe that. Oh, I'm a terrible caregiver. I just can't believe I, I can't do this. And, and, and I'm probably not doing this right. And you just all the things that you might be telling yourself in, in the heat of the moment or when you're really super stressed out or just about to the edge. Okay, your brain will believe that. But guess what? It will also believe the opposite. Even though I'm super tired I'm doing a pretty good job here. Even though I don't know how much longer I can do this, I'm going to do it for as long as I can. And I think, I think I'm really being helpful. I think I'm doing a good job. I don't think, I don't know if anyone else could do a better job. Even though I'm not perfect, I think I'm doing good enough. Some of these positive things. Give yourself credit. Yeah, I could probably be doing it better, maybe doing it differently, but I want to give myself credit and hold my head up high because I'm doing a pretty darn good job. All of these things are so, so important. And then he mentioned a respite, giving yourself a respite stay or a respite break. So respite would be, respite care would be care provided for your loved ones so that you yourself you could get a break and guess what 
That's part of the hospice benefit. If you contact Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care at 816-363-2600 or online at kchospice.org, talk to them about getting a break. And he talked about, you know, when you get a break, make sure that uh, whoever is watching your loved one, have some confidence in them that they're doing a good job so that you can truly get a break and just have a mental break, a total break. And the way you can do that is take advantage of that hospice benefit through Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care. And David talked about, uh, you know, they offer uh, patients a short inpatient stay at the Kansas City Hospice House. Or you could also have an inpatient stay at a long-term care community. I believe that benefit is either like five or seven days, so a week or just about a, a whole week. What would it mean for you and your family if you had a total break? And you talk about having confidence in that your loved one's being cared for. If they go to the Kansas City Hospice House for that respite break, there is no better care, period. They will do a phenomenal job meeting all of the needs of your loved ones so that you can just take a big breath, just completely exhale. You might sleep for two or three days in a row just to catch back up, recharge your battery, and then and then head back in as the primary caregiver. And now you're in a much better position to do that. So if that is resonating with you, I would just ask you, please reach out to Kansas City Hospice and, and inquire about some of these things. 816-363-2600 or online at kchospice.org. Don't go away. I have more information coming up next. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll-free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, go to SeniorCareLive.com. All right, so for the rest of the program today, just wanted to discuss assisted living with you uh, and just wanted to break down a couple of things. Uh, First of all, assisted living is not a standardized model. Well, what do you mean by that, Steve? Well, okay, well, let me tell you that now that you asked... (laughs) Right. So let me compare it to long-term care, that nursing home level of care. That's that medical model. And they all are licensed the same and they all offer pretty much the same uh, type of care. All right. So if you go from one long-term care community or sometimes people still call it a nursing home, if you go from one place to the next to the next, you're going to find that all of them offer pretty much the same thing. Now, obviously, some deliver in a much better fashion and at a, at a much better and higher level than others. But they're all able to offer the same thing. That was That's what I would call a standardized model of healthcare or healthcare delivery. So let's back up to the assisted living level of care. It is not a standardized model at all. Okay, so first of all, what can assisted living offer? Let me say it's a social model. It's not a medical model. 
and they but but they can offer a tremendous amount of support but they're really there to help you with those activities of daily living so they can help you minimally or fully with your bathing dressing grooming they distribute your medicine for you each day so that you can get that properly taken and and, and take that on time super important they can help you use the toilet Maybe you're okay. Maybe you just need a little help in and out of the restroom. Okay, that's fine. Maybe you need a little help sitting down on the toilet or getting up from the toilet. Okay, maybe you need a little help kind of getting cleaned up and and getting your clothing back on and, and back up and rolling again. They can help you with that. They can also help with incontinence management. Uh, so if you, if you have some incontinence, uh, maybe you're wearing a pad or maybe an adult brief, pull-up style brief like it depends or something like that, they can help you with that to a certain point. Okay, so that's good. They make all of your meals for you. They provide all of your snacks, all of your hydration. Although in most, the vast majority of assisted living apartments, you will find a little, what we call a kitchenette, which is like a little mini fridge, microwave and a sink, just a little bit of cabinet space, a little bit of countertop space. So you can... You can microwave something, reheat something. You can have some some Diet Coke in the fridge or some ice cream in the freezer. Uh, you can, you know, wash you know a couple of little dishes that you might make. But uh, the 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 vast majority, I would say, ninety five plus percent of your food and your beverage and your snack, uh, all of that is provided by the assisted living provider. There's a full slate of activities for meaningful social engagement. There's transportation to and from doctor's appointments, if that would be needed. Many physicians and other medical specialists come in-house to save you a trip out, like you know, maybe podiatry, uh, maybe the medical director. You may, you may call upon the medical director to handle all of your medical needs from that point moving forward. You don't have to, but many do for the convenience. And so there is a lot to like about assisted living but here's the catch this is the not a standardized model part of it you can kind of pick and choose how much support you're going to offer so when i give a presentation i have a graphic and the whole a wide lane in the center of this graphic is for assisted living and that's because some assisted living communities lean over to the left and some of them are just offer a little more support than independent living. Okay? It kind of as crazy as that sounds, some of them do, and, and it's their right to do that. And it's a marketing thing. It's their identity. Uh, come to our assisted living community where we have a vibrant and active, uh, you know, senior, uh, senior resident population, and we are uh, having fun here. We're active, and we're doing all these things, and, and, and so they want, residents who are more active more independent and they don't need much help that and that's what they're going for and that's fine some assisted living communities lean way over to the right if you could see my graphic i wish you could maybe one day this will be on television i don't know if you can lean over to the right toward that long-term care nursing home level some of them lean way over to the right they'll bend over backwards and do all they can to keep you from having to move to long-term care, including some of them will provide diabetic management, 
diabetic care insulin injections, two-person transfer. That this is a really those both of those would fall into the very highest level of care that could be offered by assisted living. So you have some that are just kind of a slightly glorified independent living. Some of them are just shy of long-term care or nursing home level of care. And oh, by the way, everything else in between, <laughs> right? So, so that's why with my firm, Senior Care Consulting, I just I visit with so many people who are like, you know, we went out and checked out a few places and they just could not be different. We don't even know what we're looking for. We don't know if they can meet our needs. Why can this one do this and this one can't do that? We're so confused. We're waving the white flag. We're saying, Uncle Steve, come help us find the right assisted living community for our loved one. I get calls like that all the time. People looking for objective advice and helping them through that search and selection process when considering moving from home to an assisted living community. If that's you... If you want help doing that, we can do that. That's what we offer with Senior Care Consulting. Guess how long we've been doing this? 19 years. <laughs> I, I'm asked that question a lot by people calling in, uh, requesting help. Steve, how long have you been running Senior Care Consulting? Oh, 19 years. I'm getting pretty good at it by now. <laughs> right? We're, we're, we're pretty knowledgeable at this point. Right. So so obviously that's tongue in cheek. We are really knowledgeable. We are really good at this. And uh, and it would be our honor to help you and your family through that search and selection process when searching for assisted living, independent living, long term care. You may need memory care. Uh, You may need all of the above in a continuing care retirement community. But I'll say assisted living, uh, other than a continuing care retirement community, that would be the toughest one to go out and tackle on your own. That one has lots and lots of layers of the onion to have to, to peel back and try to understand. That's the most difficult one. But right next to that would be trying to identify the right and the best assisted living community for your needs. And again, that's because of the variable. Some offer a little help. Some offer a tremendous amount of help, and most offer somewhere in the middle. So if you need help locating and identifying the right assisted living community for your loved one and find the best one available, reach out to Senior Care Consulting today, 913-945-2800. I would be honored to visit with you personally about that. We offer a free consultation. Let's have a chat about that. 913-945-2800. You could also visit online at SeniorCareConsulting.com. All right, I'm your host, Steve Keeker, and I wish you grace and peace. May God bless you and your family on this day and always. Join me next week right here on Senior Care Live. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.